you want to come with me? Because if you do, then I should warn you. You're going to see all sorts of things. Ghosts from the past. Aliens from the future. The day the Earth died in a ball of flame. It won't be quiet, it won't be safe, and it won't be calm. But I'll tell you what it will be. I'll tell you what it will be. The trip of a lifetime. of a lifetime. Welcome, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and welcome back. This is the first episode of our newly regenerated podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me tonight on this podcast is Clarence Brown. How are you? Yo, it's 2018. Yay. It is is 2018, (laughs) and tonight, or this morning, I don't know why I always, when we begin recording, and I guess it's because maybe we record at night, so that's that's why I'm usually saying, and and tonight... yeah, or tonight, or this evening, or whenever you are. In space and time, exactly. That's true. I have always said that, or sometimes. But no matter where you are in space and time, if you're listening to us, uh, we are glad you are here. And if you are liking this show, which we hope you are, we hope you subscribe on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, Player FM, or whatever your favorite podcast player is. Feel free to subscribe. And also, if you would like, check us out on Patreon. If you'd like to give us some support, you can do that by going to patreon.com backslash discussing who. So, uh, Clarence, you said it's yeah. 2018 and it's a new, um, direction for discussing who a solo doctor who direction so are you excited i'm excited and i also like to tell uh those listeners out there if they want to send us feedback they can direct that to discussing who at gmail.com where we did get some feedback from one of our listeners and he's very cool yeah yeah and he suggested some very very his name is thomas uh Miha, and I think that's how you pronounce it. I may be wrong, but he suggested some pretty good episodes that we should be reviewing. And lo and behold, number 12 on his list is what we're reviewing tonight. So, Thomas, the old saying goes, ask and you shall receive. Well, you ask and guess what? Uh, number 12. And just for anyone wondering, Clarence, what might number 12 on his list be? Rose. Rose Tyler, or the title of the first episode of the 2005 series of Doctor Who, Rose. Yeah, maybe maybe Thomas and you had some contact going on there, you know, contact. Maybe so, contact, contact, contact. (laughs) Um, So let me, uh, before we actually get into that, I want to mention something that I watched throughout December and I'll be honest with you, and Clarence, you, you've heard me say this, I think, before. You know, Christmas for me, I, I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I love the Christmas season. But I'm one of those people that kind of gets either burned out on Christmas with all the stuff that you have to do, or I kind of get almost depressed sometimes at Christmas. However, one of the highlights that helped me not get quite so, you know, burned out or depressed around Christmas was... The YouTube channel, Seska Says, which, you know, anyone listening, you can go back to some of our previous episodes, notably episode 76. Uh, Jessica came on and talked with us about first Doctor Who and then came back to talk about Doctor Who December. And in Doctor Who December, for anyone wanting to know, and you can still check it out on YouTube, for every day in December, there was a brand new discussing or excuse me doctor who video throughout the month and in that month she reviewed or reacted to actually the doctor who movie from 1996 with the eighth doctor she did an adventure in time and space which was the retelling of how doctor who got started she reacted to the day of the doctor the 50th anniversary the name of the doctor and the one where I knew 
that was not going to be fun for me to watch her react to because the 11th Doctor was her favorite. On New Year's Eve, she posted the reaction to the time of the Doctor. And that was uh, um, not fun for her to do, I don't believe. So, um, you know, kudos to Jessica. Yeah, and I will say uh, I did like seeing her branch out and do a little bit more than just reaction. She had some top lists. You know, I think she ranked the uh, Russell T. Davies era of uh, Doctor Who. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool and, and very in-depth. It was cool seeing her give a bit of review of each of the episodes and giving, you know, her merits for each of why she likes or dislikes or where, you know, is placed in her list. So I really liked seeing her. I, that was the first time I really saw her branch out and do something a little bit different. I really like that. So I hope we get more of that from her. And, you know, she has expressed, you know, she with with Jess, it's it's a double edged sword because she does truly try very, very hard to, you know, of course, she sees pictures. You you can't be off social media or be on social media and not see, you know, pictures. She knows who the 13th doctor will be. You know, she knows that Peter Capaldi follows Matt Smith. She knows all of that, but she doesn't know in story how and when any of that happened. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, especially for me, it reminds me of how when you and I started, or you, you know, back well before this podcast of you watching Doctor Who, I wanted so badly to tell you about things that I couldn't because I didn't want to spoil them for you. And likewise, every time I have a conversation with her, probably the same way she is now with me with The Walking Dead, you don't want to spoil what's coming for someone watching. Well, that's part of the fun of it. You you find something that you're passionate passionate about, whether it be The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, or Star Trek, and you, you pitch it to your friends and tell them, you know, you make the case for why this show is so freaking awesome and why you should be watching it, uh, just sort of like we did with uh, our friend Jonathan Shorts and with Doctor Who. So, yeah, it's 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 a cool part of fandom to find something that you really love. And, you know, you see have these friends who may have that same thought that you like the same things that you do. And getting them on board is part of the fun. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I don't think Jess will mind me saying this, but she and I have had a conversation off um off camera or off mic uh, regarding when she gets to the point to where she's caught up. Like when she does a review of agents of shield, it's um, you know, live. I mean, it's, you know, current, but when she gets caught up with Dr. Who through season 10, she says that she would, you know, be uh, open, you know, to doing like review, you know, more in a review style, whether it be coming on with us or maybe, you know, I told her, I said, you would absolutely, if you think the Doctor Who fandom is welcoming, you would absolutely love going to some type of Doctor Who convention and actually oh, meeting yeah. people. She would own it. Has she not done that before? Well, that was- she think about it. She doesn't want to be spoiled. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and there's so many yeah. chances of somebody not intentionally doing it. But, you know, you go to Hulanta and you're around people and you, you're just hearing people talking. And you might walk down the hall and hear somebody say, oh, well, Clara died or Clara went <laughs> or Clara did or whatever yeah. happened to Clara, you know, of whatever d- went with Clara. And, and, not, you know, totally not, um, you know, intend to hear that. And that person's not being malicious, but that would spoil. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And yeah, it would be cool to see her hitting the con, hitting the con circuit just a bit. That would be fun. So speaking of con circuits, cool segue, our friend, uh, Angie Meadows and Paul, uh, Patnicek, uh, Angie from the Metro Hoovians, in Mississippi, Paul from the Cruda Who down in the Mississippi Gulf Coast, New Orleans area, went to Wizard World, New Orleans this week and our past weekend, because this is in mid-January when we're recording this. And I'm quite jealous of some of the pictures yes. that I took. Now, Kyle, I remember a certain Clarence Brown telling you, man, we should really go to Wizard World in New Orleans. 
And uh, I don't know what happened. You know, it could have been a little bit of me, a little bit of you. But however, uh, we did not go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, I remember you typing in uh, our Slack that you saw these pictures. And man, boy, boy, I could I could hear I could I could see the jealousy in the type typed words. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the sad part about it was not only was I jealous, you know, one time. I was jealous two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times of jealousy. And why ten times of jealousy? Because they have pictures with the tenth freaking doctor. Yeah, that's too cool, man. Too cool. And obviously, from all the pictures that I saw, David Tennant must be a really nice guy to meet at a convention. Yeah, I mean, I I think he probably is. He seems very personable, although you're probably paying to take these pictures. But I have seen him on a few panels at a few cons, and he seems like he's very down earth and very approachable. You know, and I know that he is starring in something. And, of course, you know, his hair is, you know, brown, but it's also got a minor red tint to it, I think, anyway, because it did in Broadchurch. However, having said that, it was odd seeing him ginger (laughs) dreams do come true i guess so he was finally ginger (laughs) so um you know i want to mention uh another thing speaking of cons next month in february we will be going to pensacon down in pensacola florida and there will be none other than mickey smith um jackie tyler captain jack um and I think Jamie McCrimmon will be there. And unfortunately, because of scheduling conflicts, there won't be any water in the forest, unfortunately. No rivers. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, that that's going to kind of suck. But it's going to be cool being down there. I think that's February 23rd through 25th in Pensacola, Florida. And, yeah, it's going to be cool to get out as media and kind of, you know, uh get involved with the crowd, take some pictures and, and kind of see what the who scene is down there. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling there will be, I mean, with that many people from Dr. Who there, I mean, I just think that that would be really a good focal point because I mean, the attendance, I mean, for me, this will be the biggest con that I will have gone to. Yeah. Do we know anything as far as the panel list? Um, uh, do we, have we seen anything as far as what the panels are going to look like? I haven't. I'm not saying it's not on the yeah website. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. We need to definitely scope that out and, and map out our plan. <laughs> and speaking of mapping out our plan, and uh, anyone listening will know from our previous year that last year at Hulanta 2017, Lee, Clarence, and I actually met in person all three of us were in the same room at the same time and not only that we were in the same room with colin baker and nicola bryant uh six doctor and perry so i just want to kind of get a shout out that the registration for 2018 hulanta is open uh the guest will include louise jameson which is leela she was a companion of the fourth doctor with tom baker and Rachel Talele, uh, who has been a director on recent series of Doctor Who, most notably the um, Deep Breath, and, and I think Deep Breath, but she has been um, the two-parter, where the one with Peter Capaldi by himself, and then, um, you know, what was it? Not Heaven Sent. Um, heaven Bent, uh, Hell's, 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 Hell Bent, Heaven Sent. Yeah. Bingo. Thank you. And then, uh, of course, um, The Doctor Falls and the previous episode prior to that. So, um, you know, world enough in time. Sorry. My, for anybody listening, uh, Clarence and I both have had a very busy week at work. We were originally <laughs> recording this on Tuesday, and my brain had died on Tuesday, and I, it needed a resuscitation. So thanks for bearing <laughs> with us. But, uh, yes, Hulanta. Yeah. Is, yeah, and if and if, if the if the name doesn't completely give it away, uh, Hulana is in Atlanta, Georgia, and it occurs uh, May fourth through fifth, six. Yes. I'm sorry, May fourth through six, and that is at Hulanta dot com, and yes. uh, you know, check them out on social media on Facebook, 
and we will be there in May. So, you know, say, hey, you know, I came because you told us that it would be a good place to go to. So, and it is. So, yes, definitely. All right. So, my friend, are you ready to get into our discussion about Rose? Yeah, let's 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 go for it. Let's do it. All right. So for anyone listening, um, we want to give you a warning. If you've not seen it, we would suggest that you do. You can go out to Amazon Prime and watch it via streaming with Doctor Who Series 2005 or Series 1. This is the first episode. So again, if you've not seen it, be warned because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, so Clarence, kind of take <laughs> yourself back a little bit in time, literally. I and know. I'm suggesting, okay, Clarence, you need to go watch Doctor Who. So you go and can you remember, like, just in that first watching of Rose, just out of that initial episode? Do you remember what you your impressions were? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like my initial impressions of this when I first saw it, you know, years back, I didn't quite know what to think. You know, some of the special effects in this episode, which I thought looked okay, not, you know, just smashing a great. And we had these... I guess these autons or these dolls moving around. And at first it was a little weird, you know, it was, I didn't know if the weirdness felt like it was British weird or just weird. <laughs> but I have to say, um, the, many years later, looking at this episode, it's just a solid introduction to Doctor Who. It's just a, it's it accomplishes everything you need to know about the Doctor. And and I feel like it's a very, very, very good introduction to this series. And they kind of hit it out of the park with this one, even though, you know, I don't feel the episode really has problems. But maybe from a 2018 Doctor Who, Who point of view, excuse me, Doctor Who point of view, you expect it to be much grander and much larger scale. But what about yourself? man? OK, well, before I give my my take on 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 it overall, I think what you said, you hit on something really good about the way it was introduced. Because, And I'll tell you why. Um, our friend Jonathan, who is on your other podcast that I am also on, uh, where you're the main host, which is what was that name of it? In case you want to plug it. What's it called? You don't know that? Well, I was going to plug it at the end. But yeah, the Star Trek Discovery podcast or SDD stdpodcast.com check it out guys all right good deal so our friend jonathan is on that podcast with us and you know he has even been encouraged by one of his friends uh jeremy to watch doctor who and had not watched or you know he said he had seen some episodes i i think but not had not really kind of like sat down to like really pay attention and watch it so i hope i'm quoting him correctly but I do know that after we talked about it, after recording our last uh, Discovery episode, he said that he was going to go watch it, and he did. And he actually posted a comment in Slack saying, you know, he really enjoyed the episode. So I, I'm saying from a, you know, you've got a Star Trek, a true diehard, uh, you call him the Trek historian on the podcast, and he had never really given Doctor Who a chance but did via Rose and to come back and say that he enjoyed it, I think a proves what you just said, but B does speak well for the episode. And yeah, and it, it, it takes me to, again, to current season of how we kind of relive this introduction to the doctor through bill. I think Rose is, has that same um, mentality or whatever, it, us being our surrogate as the audience to kind of live through her eyes to kind of figure out what is this guy all about? This mystery guy who is, who is, is, is running off and showing, popping up in, in mysterious places and has this intriguing thing about him that makes Rose want to know more and probably quite frankly, scares the bejesus out of, uh, of Mickey. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing that gets me and you hit on something really interesting and something I've never really 
thought about with any of the doctors, and I mean, this is kind of, well, kind of like, ooh, makes me think here for a second, and that is, why do people automatically trust the doctor? Because literally, hmm. you've got this person that, that, that she's, you know, down in this basement, and there's these things following us, and somebody just grabs her hand and says, run. Well, I mean, even if she didn't really trust the guy who grabbed their hand, he's trying to help her. So I guess the lesser of two evils. <laughs> Point taken. In, in that case. Uh, but we see where Rose kind of forms his trust. And, you know, it's almost entirely built on that moment where he he jumps in and saves her. And, and uh, we see the situation of he's telling her the guy she was looking for is killed and uh, all this stuff. So, I mean, immediately it goes from zero to 10 in that one moment when she walks down there in the basement and the doctor is there to rescue her and you know us having watched the series for so long we know that's what the doctor does and you know it was, it was great seeing it kind of through rose's eyes and see her you know kind of i'm not gonna say fall in love but get attached to this this mystery guy you know okay so you know I, i'm gonna go back and make some comments and give my take because it was interesting hearing your vision because you took you know you, you know you said hey you know i watched it in 2005 i was intrigued by it or, or not 2005 or 2012 or whenever it was that um you started watching it and but still you you kind of went to to the current which is you know now you're looking at it and comparing it, saying, you know, look at the special effects, and they're kind of cheesy. The interesting thing for me coming from classic Who and seeing even today, I don't think that I looked at it as being, you know, what are the production values or whatever. Yes, I will say to people who've not seen it, you know, now that first season, the budget wasn't as good. So if you're expecting blah, blah, you know, kind of know that it's coming when the production budget gets better. But from a viewer, I didn't actually have that fine tooth comb, I don't think, because I remembered the days of, you know, men dressed <laughs> up in dinosaur suits walking around and, yeah. you know, so that's kind of how I you know, saw it more so as not not that much of a bad thing. And I'm not saying you were saying it was bad, but I'm saying I saw it as, oh, wow, look how good this looks. Yeah, I mean, and, and then just to talk a bit more about the special effects discussion of this episode of Rose, I, I think most of them, even looking back, it seemed like the first time I saw it, I thought, uh, you know, something's not quite right. But, but this time I thought they were more so fantastic other than i mean it has one huge glaring problem on the special effects and i think that can be easily seen when you look at the the plastic mickey oh it's, 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 that, it's just horrible that horrible. that was going i have that written down i was because uh, i have here fake mickey written down <laughs> that was my one complaint and that is the thing i've heard over and over I, that looks so horrible yeah, I mean, and not the fact of it, you know, if that's how this replication of Mickey was going to look that the, the Altons or the, the consciousness made, I'm fine with that. But by the same token, don't have Rose sitting at the table with them and not being smart enough. Can you imagine Clara sitting at that table and looking at Mickey and not knowing he was plastic? Okay, I, I can't. Can you imagine Amy doing that? <laughs> no, I can't. And no spoilers, but I cannot imagine Amy doing that. Literally. <laughs> or Clara. <laughs> no, but, but, but literally, I, no spoilers, but I cannot imagine Amy not knowing that if, if, if Rory looked like, cause, cause we do know that there are, there are, cause I don't want to spoil any future storylines, but we do know that there are characters called Amy and Rory that are coming at some point in Doctor Who history. So yes. I cannot imagine if Amy were looking at Rory and Rory was an Auton like Mickey and Rory looked like Mickey did as a plastic 
Altan that she would not know immediately that that was not Rory. Now, if he looked just like Rory normally would, that's a different story. But yeah. I can't yeah, and, picture and I, that. And I think they should have went for a a more realistic look and maybe some plastic touches maybe. But they went all plastic and try to make it look realistic. I think they went the wrong direction. I think so. Which, and that was a, that was the only real big fail of the, uh, for me of that episode. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I think the, 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 the uh, mannequins moving or the autons, I thought it looked fantastic. I mean, I thought it looked wonderful. I have no complaints with any other special effects in the show for that time. I thought it looks fine, but the, the Mickey, I just, I can't get over that. <laughs> See, the thing that that's interesting about this, and I, I remembered this being so cool, you see them as, um, you know, mannequins, and you now know that they're autons. I'm watching it, seeing it for the first time, and going, oh, crap, that is so cool. Those things haven't been seen since the third Doctor's era. Because they were seen, uh, and the first time they were, they were seen twice, and the first time they were seen was... Uh, and Spearhead from Space, which was the first uh, colorized Doctor Who, as well as the first uh, appearance or story of the third Doctor. Huh. So, uh, good point. So, not to get too far, far in the story, I would maybe like to get you to explain to me what's the connection between the Autons and the esteemed consciousness? Because I don't think they really make it apparently clear in the episode. Okay, so... This is where we need Lee here, or, or we need uh, <laughs> Dave Cooper, or Louis Trapani, or someone, or um, you know, don't uh, forget Ian Visick because I don't want to leave him out. But um, so I'm going to I'm going to try my best to answer that one, which is my understanding is the nesting consciousness. Look at it sort of like the uh, queen of the Borg. Yeah, I kind of got that. But you know, kind of totally like a hive different. mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those were just kind yeah, of like drones, I... maybe. You know, it's not like they they were like you know living beings or creatures or yeah, whatever. That makes sense. That makes sense because they were projecting the signal which we find through the uh, is the island and that Ferris wheel thing. What is it right. called? Yeah, the yeah I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but uh, so I guess I guess you're right by that by that by that aspect. Yeah, I should have thought of that. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, that was done. It's called the London Eye. That's that's what that is. Ah, cool, cool. So, um, you know, let me ask you this. So, you see, you know, Rose. At, Rose is actually the first thing that you see, or the first, you know, person that we encounter in this new revised Doctor Who. I, you know, I find it interesting because I was about to say no, they've re never really done that before, but. We just recently reviewed uh, An Unearthly Child, and it was halfway through the first episode before we saw the first Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a good, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to place that. Say the question one more time. No, no, no. It really wasn't a question. I was just, at, you know, halfway making a comment, and then I thought of something. Because what I was about to say was that Rose, you know, coming from her, the perspective, of Rose was unique in an introduction but then as I was saying that to myself or saying that to you I was thinking to myself whoa 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 that's not right because you know that that they introduced Susan before they introduced the doctor yeah and I'm fine with that because you know I, I believe when they do it like that we make that connection to that character first and you know Again, we're rebooting here. We're restarting the series. So for people just jumping in, they immediately make that connection with Rose. Now, if you're going from one companion to another now, you really can't get that same effect because we've seen the we've seen the previous doctor. I guess you could after regeneration, maybe. True. So I don't I don't know. We we may even get that with uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Jodie Whittaker. I don't know. So but oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, but I'm just saying I, I like how they introduced her. Uh, we got to see her normal everyday life, which kind of make get it lends you to make that connection with her before we start diving into the juicy parts of the of who the doctor is and how we can rescue her. And, you know, we see she's a normal girl. We see she has a normal life and we see her mother, which uh, uh, a bit cheeky, but 
<laughs> some wonderful moments of her trying to seduce the doctor, which I thought were really funny. So, I mean, you, we get to see her normal life, which makes a which allows us to make a connection with her. So let me say this. So coming from classic who and knowing how, you know, the doctor could barely touch a female compare, you know, companion, uh, you know, on screen. I mean, I remember there was, there was a controversy or, or something when there was the crowded TARDIS where, uh, I think Peter Davidson actually, uh, maybe they were helping him walk or something and he had his arms around maybe Tegan and Nyssa or, you know, that they were helping him walk and they were saying, oh, well, that, there was some, um, mother's group or conservative group that was coming and saying, you know, that that's inappropriate for children and whatever. And then flash forward 2005 and you've got Jackie Tyler saying, I'm in my now in my, I'm in my nightgown. And, and he says, I see that. I'm, but I'm, I'm alone in my nightgown or whatever it was she said. Yeah, that, that was pretty hilarious. And the doctor's just like, uh, oh, whatever. whatever. He's, he's on to the next thing, which I, I found is great. But it's really weird that, you know, back in the day, they couldn't even touch really when it was innocent and they're just helping them walk or something. Right. Uh, you I find that funny. But, you know, look at, uh, and I know this has nothing to do with Doctor Who, but back when I Love Lucy was on, they could not even say on television that she was pregnant. They had to say, Lucy's going to the hospital or little Ricky is coming. They couldn't say she's pregnant. What show are you talking about again? I Love Lucy. No, I know I'm just playing with you. Oh, hello. <laughs> that was an old joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't get that. Duh. I've seen I've seen I Love Lucy. I've I've seen plenty of episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wasn't <laughs> actually watching it when it was on the air. Just <laughs> FYI. My bad, man. My just, bad. Just just for clarification, I I was not watching it when it was on the air in the fifties. <laughs> oh boy. So, not trying to throw you off your game, man. No, 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 no. You're good. <laughs> I mean, I might have recorded it, but you know, I didn't watch it live. So just FYI. So let me ask you this. Uh, we saw not only, and we mentioned him before in this episode, we, we saw not only, you know, her mother, but we saw her boyfriend, I guess. I mean, uh, I took, I take it that they're boyfriend and girlfriend at this point. Oh, man. But you know, I, I, I found myself really enjoying their relationship in this, this first episode because it's so playful and innocent. I mean, at least that's how it felt. You know, she knows he's kind of, you know, wants to go watch his sports and it's kind of a, a slack off or whatever. But but they have this close relationship. They're good friends. And he, he's too he's not man enough to walk to the guy's house who was the doctor who specialist, whatever the doctor yeah, specialist. Clive. Yeah, he stayed in the car. So. I just and he's a wimp. So I I just love that dynamic of how she is the curious, curious, um, always trying to get into stuff, find out stuff one. And he's like, you know, I'm going to stay back. I'm scared. I'm I'm, you know, you, you're the strong one in a relationship. I, I love that dynamic of their relationship. And see, on that same context or, or that same note, and maybe, you know, that was intended to show you know, potential character growth as, 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 you know, Mickey goes on. But, um, I'm going, when I'm watching this for the first time, I'm going by the fact of never before have we had a continuing family relationship after a companion joins, um, you know, with, you know, joins the TARDIS crew and goes off. I mean, we've seen, you know, like in their introductory episode, you may see the the doctor. Uh, I know uh, with Victoria, one of the second doctor's uh, companions, there was you know her family. They were at her house when you know she. They were back, I think, in the eighteen hundreds, and they, you know, she leaves with them. I think her father dies, and she leaves with them. So, having said that, with Victoria. You know, we saw the family, but the family didn't stay around. With Nyssa, we see her family, but she leaves and we don't see the family again. So I did not expect to see Mickey and Jackie beyond that first episode. And having thinking that or going into it, 
I'm looking at Mickey as, oh my goodness, you are a wimp. Yeah, and the doctor doesn't even want him in his TARDIS. <laughs> he makes some statement I can't remember the exact words, but he doesn't even want him in a TARDIS. Yeah, it's like no, you're no, you're not. In, I mean, literally, and he says you're not invited. Yeah, which oh man, I want to talk about the next thing so bad, but <laughs> I right, no go. But, no, well, 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 it's it's not in the context of this episode, oh, so okay. I can't. <laughs> but but I mean, I'll just say this, and it, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler. We do see character growth. Right. We do see we do character, character growth. growth. And, 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 you know, I think the character growth we're going to see in Mickey happens a lot faster, maybe in other male companions that we see in the future. I'm not going to say who, but, you know. Yeah, I could. I, I would say this out of any male companion that has been in the show to date that we've seen from 2005 forward. I would think that du- during Mickey's time on the show, he would have had by far the most character development. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, well, I'm not to negate what you just said, but, maybe. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, like, I think of, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but Rory, when we first see him, I felt like he was like Mickey, but by the second episode, that was all gone to me. True, 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 true. Yeah, I could so, see that. So Mickey's growth took a lot longer to me than Rory's. Yeah, I I I would agree. I would agree with you there. I, they spent so much time with Mickey being just the left behind guy. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. you know, because it's it's you know him. Every you know, here's Rose. She's gone, and Mickey. The left behind guy, Mickey, that stay in there with Jackie. I mean, because well, we'll get into that next episode. What I was about to say, but um, yeah, well, and just to think of Jackie, what we see in this episode of Jackie Tyler, you know, we see this thing where I it it seems as if her and Rose are really close. You know, she's che- calling to check on her to see what's going on, and I find that really really awesome of how they're kind of this tight knit group. Uh, even even with Mickey, all three of them are sort of this tight knit group, and I'm sure we're going to see more of that as we progress in these episodes. Yep, and I think one of the things that people really in Britain attached with Rose as a character, she wasn't rich, she wasn't you know like some celebrity character, even though she was a you know a, a I think she was a teenage pop star, Billy Piper. And Britain, but she was not as a character. Oh, you know, like this. De- Go ahead. Well, definitely, because I feel like they almost went out of their their way to make her look. Um, they didn't really try to make her look sexy in any way. They didn't really put her in the highest fashion. What she was wearing was wearing was not the most appealing outfit, and maybe that's what the outfits looked like at the time they made the show. But she just had like baggy pants on and a t-shirt. They didn't really try to make her up or make her look beautifier. And I mean, I've seen her in other stuff, <laughs> diary, right. and I know she looks. Yeah, she you know her diary. Different. You know of yeah. a, a diary of a call girl, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, so to see her in this is like they went out of their way to make her look like any other girl, which I guess is cool because they made her again. They going out of their way to make her relatable. So let you know. Let's let, let let's transition a little bit away from Rose pr- proper, not the not the episode, but R- Rose the character, and talk a little bit about the Ninth Doctor. This is the first time modern audiences have seen the Doctor back on a weekly television show, and we see Christopher Eccleston in the black jacket, in the uh, black pants, uh, you know. T-shirt, dark greenish or purple T-shirt, but, you know, very different from Doctor's past. Why do you think or do you think that in that episode or how do you think he captivated audiences as the Doctor? You know, even even when I originally watched this episode and even now, he and and to me, he kind of set the stage for this to be transferred to doctors coming after him. But to me, he was the doctor that couldn't sit still, especially in this episode. 
it's like he is always moving. He's going from one thing to the next, trying to solve the next problem. And then he's off to do something else. He's 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 very um, I don't know, ADD. I guess that's the word because he is all over the place, which is fun. And he's very quippy. He has the you know, he's he's very quick to come back with the one liner. And I, I really like that about the Epson doctor. Yeah, you know, and I I like I like the there was something about him that was different but mysterious but at the same time likable. You know, yeah. the, the, he 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 had a very likable presence about him as the doctor. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole sort of small things that I see now that I probably didn't notice before like you know, he's taking a moment to look in a minute mirror to just his face and things like that. You know, I felt he's very, very fun. Doctor is what and it's funny because I didn't remember him that way from the original watch. I remember him being frantic, kind of, you know, always jumping from place to place. But I didn't remember him being as fun. Well, see, that's and I the, don't know. Well, I think I know why. And I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think I know why. And don't say it's because of the current season. <laughs> no, it's not because of the current season at all. I promise you it's not. But it is because I think that's one of the neat things about watching Doctor Who is it offers a different level of the story when you go back and watch it. And I know that's with anything, but especially Doctor Who, because let me ask you a question. When he was, you know, looking at his face in the mirror, did 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 that ch- change any for you this time watching it through? Um, I had two opinions on that. I, I thought maybe one, he may have just regenerated, but all of those notions were taken over for me when we saw the, uh, I forget the guy's name, the, the Doctor Who specialist guy showing all the pictures of him in different places. Now, maybe some of that stuff can take place in the future as far as the timeline of this show. So do we know this is directly after uh, the day of the doctor, or has he had adventures in between now and here? I'm going to say, in my opinion, we, it's not, def- to my knowledge, it's not been said definitively. However, I would say that those pictures that the Clive dude was showing Rose could, because they are taken in the past, could have they been. They still could be from the future. That yeah. could have been on any of the, and he could have gone somewhere without Rose and been on the Titanic or not, you yeah. know. So, you know, I don't timey wimey. Yeah, timey wimey. But having said that, considering the fact that he said something about his ears not being that bad, I say that it is immediately after the day of the doctor. Mm. And I say that because I really hope the ears are a little bit less conspicuous this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did a, a certain certainly did a good job of trying to tie it in. That's for sure. So. Uh, so that's what I think. I think it's, and, and considering what he was wearing, I say, uh, that's a little bit, he just adjusted his, um, you know, outfit, but not that much. Yeah. And then again, you know, the doctor being fun and he, he brought what, the, the anti potion or whatever he brought to the fight. <laughs> uh, I forgot what he called it. But when they look at his jacket and fight, he's like, no, I wasn't going to use that. You know, just, just moments like that made this episode real fun. <laughs> I found myself laughing a lot. Yeah, and I found, you know, I, I I was instantly, like, I can remember being captivated. And I remember um, back then there was um, a year before, you know, it's it, it, we don't know what we have to be thankful for today. But back then, the show itself for America... This premiered on September the 26th, 2005 on the BBC. However, it was a year later in March or April of 2006 before it premiered on the Sci-Fi Channel. Hmm. So do you, do we know why they waited so long? Well, because uh, th- back then, you know, this was no guarantee that there there would be another season it would be how well did the ratings do and you know who in america wanted it at that time 
Um, that sounds like another Doctor Who show that we have seen recently. And what's that? Class. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and look what happened to Class because yeah. you know the any any uh, chance of it having any type of chance in America, diehard fans had already watched it probably by the time it actually aired in the U.S. Yeah, and I guess they said the maybe the the um, audiences are so similar they can gauge whether it's going to be popular over here before they even attempt to bring it over. I guess right. I don't know, maybe. But yeah, cer- certainly didn't work out in class's favor. No, but the first you know the first couple of seasons, I remember it was not until um, the end of David Tennant's era that they actually, you know, the I think it was. Um, I think, and I may be wrong, but I think uh, BBC America maybe got the fourth season and aired it, you know, maybe six months after uh, it aired in the UK. But then the end of time part one and the end of time part two, I think they is that is when they started the same day airings. Hmm. So even before the six-month gap or year gap, you can get it on iTunes? I don't know. I didn't have – well, this would have been 2005. So iTunes video, I guess that was around in 2005. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? So, sounds like the dark ages to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, back then, you know, iTunes – or not iTunes, Netflix, I don't even think was streaming video back then. No, definitely. Well, yeah, they may have just started started it. it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one thing, another tidbit about this episode. Now, did Rose say she was a cheerleader or a gymnast before she did the Tarzan swing? Because I did not remember that. And she doesn't really bring it back up again that I know of. I think something about maybe a gymnast. I don't think she was a cheerleader. But I do know that, you know, she did do that. But I think they just did that to kind of like, look, she's not, you know, she's not fearful. Yeah, yeah. I found that pretty fun, though. I loved it. So let me ask you about uh, another thing here. With um, the story that the doctor brings and when he's meeting Rose, he does something that fans immediately see or he says something that the fans immediately see this is not your father's Doctor Who by saying, I'm the last of the Time Lords. My people were gone in a war with a race called the Daleks. So we hear about the Time War for the very first time, and we find that he is the last Time Lord. Did that mean anything to you when you watched that the first time? Um, no, not coming from Classic Who. No, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't mean much, much to me. But... You know, for the people who have seen Classic Who at this point, I feel like it's an excellent premise to kick this thing off on because you have this certain amount of mystery and he's the last of his race. What? How awesome is, well, not awesome, but how intriguing is that? You know, so it's an excellent premise to kick off a series on. And, you know, as far as it being sort of this, throw away 30 seconds to one minute it you know gave people a lot to think on so for me my thinking of it was i never really was that fascinated by the time lords themselves from the classic era i kind of felt they were a little bit stoic and you know self-important which you know usually they were but my thought was this kind of adds a layer of sadness to the character, yes. you know, yes. of, of of darkness to the character that kind of wasn't there, maybe except for maybe the seventh Doctor, they tried to make a little bit darker. But my regret or my initial thoughts was, oh, okay, well, there's no other Time Lords. He's the only one. So there's no chance the Master, well, never see the Master, you know, because he's the only one. And my thoughts was, okay, no Romana, no the Ronnie. Oh, so you had the opposite feeling. Yeah, so I'm like kind of regretting going, okay, well, I'll never see, you know, I mean, I was trying to think something nice to say about it, but I was like, I'll never see the master. Well, you you know, I I think it was brilliantly done because, 
you know, in this episode, I don't, as a new viewer, I didn't feel like it really impacted me that much. But I, by the time we get to the episode with him and the Dalek, I can't remember which episode number it is six. or what the name of it is. Six. six. Uh, by, by the time we get to that sixth episode, they have been reiterating this so much that even as a newcomer, my first time seeing it, I felt the impact of, oh, he's like the last son of Krypton. He's he's by himself. And even knowing nothing about the history of, of Doctor Who and the Doctors in Gallifrey, I really felt the impact of that. Cool. Cool. So I, I, I have an interesting spin. Um, so when you not from talking to me but when you watch that you could pretty or could you do it was it pretty obvious that this was a continuation and not a reboot i had no opinion one way or the other the first time watching it okay <laughs> all right yeah, it, was, it was so different from stuff i had watched at the time um you know i had seen some episodes of doctor who before but i didn't really piece it together as being you know this one continuing doctor story you know so i pretty much watched it going in as a new viewer and that that really i didn't really have the impact of the history by the time i watched it okay so let me let, let me take a story that i actually was like really into and really really enjoyed which was battlestar galactica and that was a complete reboot retelling. It had nothing to do with the 1978, 79, 80 Battlestar Galactica that was on television at that time. Completely redone. Correct? Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, totally agree. So this, when, when Doctor Who came back in 2005, you know, I remember reading stories back in 2004, just, um, like in magazines and stuff, you know, saying, okay, Doctor Who's coming back from TV, and there was like a debate, is it going to be a reboot? Is it going to be a, you know, re- you know, revi- revision? Is Christopher Eccleston going to be the first Doctor? And is he going to be, oh, well, what Doctor, what number will he be? And, you know, all this back and forth. So here's my question. Do you think if when... You picked up that episode, Rose, and you watched Rose, and he said, I, I'm the doctor, and I'm the, you know, I'm the last of the Time Lords, and at the end of that season, he's, he makes a statement, I, something happens to me, I regenerate, and this is the first time, I don't know what's happening, this is the first time it's ever happened to me, and you realize this is the first doctor. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of two minds on that. I don't know, because I feel like, I feel like, I mean, especially if you take out Battlestar Galactica as an example, we see what they did with that rebooted series, and we see how fantastic it was, except for last season. We see how mostly fantastic it was, and we're like, wow, what could Doctor Who could have been if they had a clean slate? But but that being said, even with Battlestar Galactica, there's a certain amount of sadness to not knowing, you know, the history of of Battlestar Galactica, of what happened in the was it 70s, 60s, 70s, and somewhere 80s. in there, in 80s of Battlestar Galactica. Oh wait, wait, with, wait, late late late. But say Battlestar Galactica, I think was only on two or three seasons. Ah, but even so, just just not knowing anything about that history, I think you're missing something. And it's certainly for the fans who watched that when it was on, there's going to be a huge amount of sadness. Now for the new people, they could care less. So that being said, I feel like Dr. Who's or the doctor's story is so well suited for this. Why would you completely wipe out that history? Okay. You know, and, and it, it has been proven by the fact that people can watch new who love it be deeply ingrained in its lore of new who but not really even pursue to go back to watch classic and they can still love what they got now so i just think this story lends itself more for that continuation maybe more so than other things i mean we see even now in star trek we have issues with trying to keep it all in the same canon so the doctor just lends the doctor's story lends itself well to that okay 
So let me ask you this. Let's assume that what I gave scenario a moment ago with we find out at the end, because there was no reason uh, before, you know, it's time for the 10th doctor for there to be an explanation of what regeneration is. It just, I mean, that would be unnecessary until it actually happens, just the way it happened in the story itself. So if they had have at that point said, you know, I'm regenerating, this has never happened to me before, and here here comes David Tennant, and he is now the second doctor. Had Had that been happened, I mean, had that been true, had that have happened, do you think we would be in 2018 still watching Doctor Who? Oh, man, I don't know. Again, in, in, at the time, inconsequential to me, but you have this fan base who already know what happens and how this takes place that you probably would have instantly uh, ticked off and they may have went in a different direction. So, I mean, I just, again, I just think this story lends itself well to continuation. And I think that's what you really have to do. And any deviation from that is probably a bad idea yeah. for Doctor Who. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, obviously, as a fan of both versions, the classic and the current, they made the right choice by having him come in as the ninth doctor. Because for new fans, knowing he's the ninth version, whether you watch it or not, and and I'll use yourself as an example, it's only been recently when you've actually sat down and watched for a purpose the old, you know, some of the older episodes. Um, but you enjoyed the show tremendously by seeing, just like you said, you know, the new version. But I think what would have happened is those people who stuck around or even watched if you weren't around for 26 years from, you know, 63 to 89, if you, you know, completely wiped that away and said, that's a different show, you would have divided a very vocal and strong fandom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we want to go even bigger, I'm not saying this franchise is bigger than Doctor Who. I would never no, say that. No, but I know what you're, and I know exactly where you're fixing but to go. But go there. J- just think it for the new Star Wars trilogy. If they would have just not even cared about, you know, Luke and Leia and Han, you know, no mention of them. But we're going to do a whole new trilogy. Could you imagine the outrage? <laughs> Point taken. So I, so I think if the story lends itself to continuation, continue and don't reboot, you know, soft reboot or whatever they called it. You yeah. know, I, I think it I think it holds well for for Doctor Who. So, uh, you know, I actually th- you went a d- different direction than where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to go the route of the original timeline. And I think you've called it the Kelvin timeline in uh, Star Trek. Well, the Kelvin is the uh, the Kelvin is actually the J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek. Right, and, so. but, that, but that's what I mean is you know you've got fans who are fans of that, and then you've got what I would say Star Trek purist fans that some of them don't like that. Well, yeah, true, <laughs> true, yeah, and it certainly pissed off a lot of people. Um, I think I think the, in and we're getting you know, way off topic. I think in that case, what bridged the gap was they relived the same stories instead of going in a totally different direction. You know what I'm saying? True. Even, even though we it's a different quote unquote universe, we still relived the same characters. So that still brought back a certain amount of nostalgia to bring those people on board. And say, let me say this, and and then we'll get back to Rose. The way they did the change in story and had that event with a character that we actually see that other character from the original timeline in that altered, uh, split, um, parallel timeline. And, you know, I, I as a, as a, I would call myself a casual but enjoying Star Trek fan didn't have a problem with it because they, as Lee often says, just give me an explanation. <laughs> you know, and they gave me one. So, uh, so let me ask you this. So we've gotten to the end of Rose and we see, you know, the doctor appear to Rose and, you know, offer, you know, you know, do you want to come with me? And that's, I think, whenever he says, Mickey, you can't come. This is another cringe point of the, um, entire episode 
is when Mickey is sitting there basically, you know, groveling, holding onto her legs like he's like this <laughs> five-year-old child. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was weird. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I mean it, it, it really just establishes his character. And it's not the first time they did it in this episode. So – to me, at that point, it really didn't feel out of, out of the ordinary. I kind of felt, you know, she's going to a strange man's house and you're not going to walk to the door with her. After that point, I was kind of through with them. Mm-hmm. So, so so the holding her leg at the end really didn't impact me as much because I already been exposed to this dude's kind of a wimp. Yeah. But, um, OK, so. If somebody told me that they could take me anywhere in space that I wanted to go, I don't think the fact of now you come back and tell me, oh, did I happen to tell you that it goes anywhere in time would have made that big of a difference. Would it have? Oh, but it does. But it does. To me, that was the same equivalent of a certain doctor in the future saying we can be there and back before the kettle boils. That was, Uh, that was the same exact statement to me. And I took it as, oh, we're going, but I can bring you back right in two minutes from now. That's that's how I decipher the state the statement. So I don't know. And you know, we do see another homage to um, that particular conversation that he has about, you know, do you want to come with me, or I could, you know, or you could, uh, you know, go back to selling. I think she said, you know, or you could go back to working at the shop. I think. Didn't yeah. You know, yeah. uh, whereas someone else says, you know, or you could come with me or you could go back to making chips. So, yeah, and, and, and that's one of the things that makes the the um, the end of a companion's run so tragic because they're giving this they are sold this bill of goods that just seems uh, unmeasurable. And any end to that is not going to be satisfactory, you know, true. You know, whether it be, you know, something happens to them or they just say, like Tegan did, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think we have reached the end of that episode. (laughs) And that brings us really to the end of this episode because the Doctor and Rose have taken off in the TARDIS. So uh, how would you rate, from a review standpoint, one to five, how many uh, stars would you give it? I give it a strong 4.5. I think it's an excellent introduction. Other than the issues I have with the Mickey plastic, uh, Mickey Alton C- CG, uh, I thought it was great. And that's really my only problem because I think it does a good job of establishing these characters going forward. An excellent introduction to the Doctor. I love his cheekiness, his 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 get up and go, his uh, um, <laughs> ADD, whatever you want to call it. I love that. Uh, Jackie Tyler again, her cheekiness uh, is something we're. Gonna, I hope that we see more. Well, I know that we're going <laughs> to see more and more uh, spoilers. Uh, so yeah, excellent in- introduction, even from you know knowing what's to come next, or from what I thought way back in the day. Because if one for this episode. I wouldn't have kept watching. <laughs> and, and, you know, th- 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 that's a cool that you said, uh, I hope, because you got totally into the episode. And B, you know, you said something that I w- was about to say, which also is cool. If this episode had not been what this episode was, that whole new generation of Doctor Who fans that attached to the show and kept it going it could have very easily have been a one-off season or series that didn't go any more than 13 episodes. Yeah, yeah, certainly an important episode to Doctor Who as a whole. Yes, and 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 it introduced a companion like which for the most part for modern days was a equivalent of Sarah Jane of of how different she was in the 70s to the you know companions or many of which had come before being the independent you know female character that we had not seen before so interesting how from 2005 13 years can make a difference huh oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) there's a long road ahead yes (laughs) all right so uh for anyone listening we appreciate your time and 
Clarence, I know we've already talked about Star Trek uh, Discovery, the STD podcast at stdpodcast.com. But you and our other, or one of the other co-hosts of that podcast, also do another podcast called, I think, Season 3 of the Tech Tech-Pedition podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. If you're in the tech, we get geeky. Get your geeky glasses on, and we're going to uh, join us on uh, techpedition.com. That's T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com, where we talk tech. Uh, so yeah, check us out there. It gets geeky, but we would love to have you on. And also, also, I know we talked about the Star Trek podcast, but I would direct people to patreon.com slash STD podcast, not to, not to donate. I don't want you to do that. I just want you to subscribe and follow, but there's some bonus content there of our after show where we talk about Doctor Who for just, just a bit at the end of our show. So check that out. Bonus content is called New Who with a You Who. Yes, uh, that's the title. But check it out. It's pretty fun. So that's at uh, patreon.com slash STD podcast. Good deal. And since Lee's not here tonight, I, I would be remiss if we didn't give a plug to the Relativity podcast, his serialized uh, podcast that he does, a sci-fi a story with Alana Jordan, and um, that can be found at relativitypodcast.com and also at patreon.com backslash relativity. So uh, for anyone listening, thank you again. We appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe. And one last plug, if you've enjoyed what we're doing, we encourage you also to check out our YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.discussingwho.com. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode, Talking Doctor Who, covering episode two of series one, Doctor Who, The End of the World. Oh, yeah. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.